Blog Talk Radio. Hit it. And welcome to the very first episode of Second and Goal with your hosts, myself, Sammy G, and of course, as always, the Doc, giving us an inside look at everything college football in the city of Florida. Got a big week this week, so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and dive right in here. First, we want to thank our sponsor, our sponsors at Zeno's, world's most famous taffy factory, located at 2400 South Ridgewood Avenue in Daytona, South, excuse me, South Daytona Beach, Florida. Zeno's locations all over the state of Florida, Madeira Beach, and also in St. Augustine. For everything you need. In the sweet department, you can find it at Dino's, world's most famous taffy factory. So let's dive right in. Doc, you with me there? Hey, Doc, you there? I'm with you. How you doing? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Good, good. Excited to be on the show. Yeah, it's going to be a fun time. We got a busy first episode. Lots happening this week in college football in the state of Florida. And obviously, the biggest news this week was the firing of Jim McElwain at the University of Florida. And uh, let's just dive right in. What's going on there? And what are your thoughts there, Doc? You know, I just think that uh, from the get go, he wasn't the right fit. Um, you know, I think it's just. Certain personalities succeed and at that level of college football, and I just don't think he had the personality to, to fit in well. And, and once the offense started struggling, uh, the fan base turned pretty quickly. Why do you think that was? I mean, compared to what they've had there in the past, uh, the past head coach uh, with uh, excuse me was uh, Muschamp, correct? Um, correct. He, he's he's doing pretty well for himself over in South Carolina now. Uh, why do you think the McElwain wasn't the fit? Um, you know, for some reason he just couldn't get the offense to to you know to progress, and and they just it didn't seem to make any alterations or changes. You know, and once the fan base started to get frustrated, it just seems like things snowballed out of control. I mean, well, what are your thoughts? You know, what are your thoughts? You're you're, you're a scout. You see how these guys are out there. Performing, it just seemed like we have that they have a lot of weapons out there, and they weren't really uh, utilizing to their to their full ability. Well, you know, obviously this year with Florida having eight starters or eight of their players, you know, suspended to start the season. You know, you start the first game of the year against one of the biggest powerhouses, Michigan. Uh, they come up short, and you know, you're half staffed going into that game. I think that doesn't help well at all. Um, and, I, and I don't know if the rest of the team was ready to go, uh, especially with all the young guys that they had to get in there. Uh, guys with didn't some of them didn't even have any playing experiences of yet. And to open up in Jerry's house and try to you know have him go in there and beat Coach Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines that's a tough task. And I just don't know that they got back got back on track after that. I mean they had some good wins. Obviously the big hail mary against University of Tennessee uh, that you know that helped out a little bit, but. You know, Florida has been a predominantly a big defensive school um, the last few years, uh, not like what they were in the 90s when they were just 
scoring at will on anyone who stepped on the field with them. Uh, but it seems as though, you know, they've taken a big hit, and I think that had a lot to do with it as well. I mean, they have the talent, and they recruit pretty well. Um, so it's just a matter of – I think they just had a lot of bad things go their way uh, this year. And, and like you said, you, when you're when you're kind of rebuilding a program, you know, the natives get restless in that regard. You know, I gotta ask you. I, I gotta ask you. You were there personally for the Hail Mary, weren't you? I was. I was sitting right in the press box. Uh, you know, it was a, uh, it was a very, very interesting play to say the least. So, so from somebody who's uh, grown up uh, suckling from the teat of Peyton Manning, how did you feel to watch that play unfold? <laughs> yeah, I'm a native Floridian, but I am a diehard Tennessee fan. Uh, <laughs> You know, it, I'll tell you, Doc, watching games now as a scout as opposed to watching them as a fan are two different things. Uh, you know, I watched that game, as, and I wrote it and, and scouted the game and wrote notes, so I didn't really – I really wasn't invested in it like a normal fan would be. Um, however, the last minute when I thought I was going to have a little bit to celebrate at the end, it didn't go my way. Uh, but you know what? We had our miracle last year against Georgia. And I know what the feeling was like then. And, you know, I can just say that it was a great play by the, by the guys on, in, in orange and blue. And, uh, listen, they, they won the game. That's all that matters. No matter how how the W gets there, as long as the W is there, that's all that matters. Yeah, no, it was quite, it was quite the ending, no question. Yep. So let's talk about the University of Florida right now. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of names circling. Uh, in, in regard to the coaching uh, coaching position that's there, I know they we've heard names like Dan Mullins from Mississippi State, uh, Matt Campbell, Iowa State, and uh, Mike Norvell from Memphis. And, any thoughts on any of those guys there, uh, Doc? I think first and foremost, you got to get a uh, offensive, uh, you know, minded person. I, I unfortunately. For better or for worse, the, the University of Florida fans are always going to be chasing the ghost of Steve Spurrier and, and to some extent, Urban Meyer. And those guys were, were very, you know, forward-thinking offensive minds. And, and that's – I think the fan base would be happy losing games if we lost 50 to 55. You know, they, they would tolerate that better. So I think you got to look at guys who are offensive powerhouses. I think you look at Scott Frost – um, who's an innovator? Um, you know, he. If you look at his his pedigree, um, you know, the guy was quarterback under Bill Walsh and Tom Osborne in Nebraska. He then went into the NFL as a safety, where he was a safety under none other than Bill Parcells and a guy by the name of Bill Belichick, who I think you may know a little bit. I've seen pictures of you chasing him around at Florida Pro Days. Um, and he was also a uh, safety under John Gruden. And then, oh, lo and behold, he went into coaching, and he was first a defensive coordinator, and then he was Chip Kelly's uh, wide receiver coach and offensive coordinator. So I don't think you'll get a more w- well-rounded guy with experience than him. And so I really think Scott Frost has got the, the fan base salivating. Well, the, the word on the street is that Scott Frost is going to hold for his beloved Nebraska Cornhusker job. I know that we've talked about that before. And uh, what are your thoughts with that? You know, I hate to break it to the Nebraska fans out there. Nebraska's got a very proud tradition 
Um, but Nebraska will never be the Nebraska of the 90s. You know, if you look at what Nebraska had back then, they were number one in facilities. They had this history. But now with all the TV money, every school has facilities. And what it boils down to is recruiting. And I say if you take any school and you draw a circle around that school of a four-hour radius of a drive, the schools that have the most talent within that four-hour radius are going to be the ones that are most successful. And that is not going to be in the middle of Nebraska. I can I can understand that. I I went to school in Missouri, and, you know, that, that rings true in the Midwest for a lot of those schools uh, that aren't named Michigan or Ohio State. Uh, speaking of – uh, the conferences, you were, we talked a little bit about the conference of, at Nebraska. They're not the same that they were. Uh, and what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, Nebraska wouldn't chase the money, and I understand that. They wouldn't chase the TV deals and switch to the Big Ten. But the result of that is is that you lose the natural local rivalry. So they don't play Oklahoma. They don't play Texas. You know, they're playing Illinois and Indiana. So uh, how are you going to get a kid from – Omaha to to stay in Nebraska and then say, oh, we're going to go play Indiana and Illinois this year. I mean, it just it doesn't make sense. No, I'm with you there. And when you when you're comparing coaching at in Lincoln, Nebraska, as opposed to Gainesville, Florida, it's pretty much a no-brainer when when a coach looks at the two traditions and says, well, do I want to freeze or do I want to be at the beach? Uh, yeah. it, it's probably a little bit or a little easier recruiting when you can come and be in the sunshine almost 365 days a year, uh, as opposed to about a quarter of that in, uh, in, in the Midwest there. Yeah. Doc, let me ask you this before we move on to our next topic. Are there any coaches on the Florida staff that may have an opportunity to head coach this team uh, like a Randy Shannon, perhaps? You know, uh... I've heard a lot of good things about Randy Shannon. I would I would like to see him be successful, but again, I think the fan base is so so over the top right now that they want to separate themselves totally from the current regime and, and get a offensive minded person. And now, with that being said, if if Frost backs out and all these guys back out, the next thing you know, you may find yourself in a position where you got to hire somebody. And I think Randy Shannon is a very good guy, but I think the fan base wants somebody new, uh, innovative, and up and coming. I can I can totally understand that. Once again, you're listening to Second and Goal uh, on the Blog Talk Radio with myself, Sammy G, and the Doc. Uh, just real quick shout out to our sponsor, Zeno's World's Most Famous Taffy Factory, located in Daytona Beach, Florida, for all your needs in the suites department. Zeno's world's most famous taffy factory is the place for you. Doc, there's been a lot of a lot of interesting play in the state of Florida uh, as far as our colleges go. Uh, you know, never and I can't remember ever when there was a time where there were there were ranked Florida teams and one of them wasn't Florida and one of them wasn't Florida State. Right now, our best team, our two best teams are the Miami Hurricanes and the Central Florida Golden Knights. Uh, let's talk about the biggest surprise in Florida, and I would have to say that's probably UCF and Scott Frost. He's done a tremendous job in the three years he's been there recruiting. 
He's got an explosive team. They're averaging, who knows? I don't even know if I can count that high, but they they scored 73 points last week, uh, and, and it hasn't stopped. They have a ranking right now of 18th, which I think is only based on the fact that they really haven't played anybody um, exciting thus far, uh, unless you count Maine, Memphis, East Carolina, Navy, and Austin P as exciting. <laughs> um, they, they did mix in a Memphis and FIU. The Georgia Tech game was canceled. They beat Maryland. And like I said, they're scoring the last five games. They've scored 73, 31, 63, 51, and 40. So the yeah. 38 before that and 61 in the opener. So yeah. these guys are scoring at will. They're a high-flying machine. And it looks like they're well well greased and well oiled. Do you think that they're going to move any higher based on what they have left on the schedule? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't see them losing until they uh, maybe get to South Florida for the uh, the Battle of I four. Who would have thought the Battle of I four is going to be the biggest game in the state of Florida? The uh, the, the the Florida Florida State game may be relegated to the uh, the eleven a.m. kick. The way that that looks right now, I mean, no one's going to care about that game. Um, yeah, no. But, I, go ahead. No, no, I think you know they. I, I think they may be playing uh, UCF. May be playing uh, Fringe University of Central Kansas uh, next week. That could be a pretty tough one. <laughs> yeah, no, they they have a they have a pretty tough schedule with Southern Methodist University, UConn. Temple in the war on I-4 is actually Friday, November 24th, the day after Thanksgiving. And that would have been a good game had USF not lost to Houston. That would have had a lot more implication. USF um, coincidentally dropped from the top 25 with one loss, um, which is very interesting to me, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was looking forward to that game being a potential top ten matchup, um, but you know UCF had a, or USF had to go and wet the bed and screw that up. But um, nonetheless, you know I think UCF's got a good chance to to go undefeated, and, and, and you know that uh, the highest ranked non-power five team uh, usually gets an invite to the um, to the New Year the, the, the New Year's Day bowl games. Um, but but you have to look at the potential of Notre Dame. Uh, taking that spot from them, but if Notre Dame doesn't pull the spot, you could see, uh, you know, UCF possibly in the uh, in the Fiesta Bowl again. I know it's a little ways away, and I and I, we've talked about, it and I can't wait, and hopefully this pans out. But Notre Dame, number three, Notre Dame does visit the University of Miami in two weeks. Uh, I, I'm guessing that's going to be a a a game that everybody in the state of Florida would want to watch, if not be at. Uh, I'm sure they, they think about those uh, Catholics versus convicts, and I'm guessing those shirts will make their way into the stadium at some point. <laughs> yeah, that was a great, great 30 for 30 if you haven't seen it. Catholics versus convicts. It's, uh, you know, that, that, that's one of those those games and rivalries you remember from growing up and Lou Holtz and Rock, Rock and Ismail. I mean, those, those were fun times back then, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, Notre Dame's Notre Dame's Notre Dame. I think it's kind of BS that they can not be in the ACC and somehow every other sport they are, and then that that's allowed. I don't quite understand that aspect, but you know, it is what it is. That's it. 
Uh, right now, uh, you know, we, we, we have some other games for this week, and let's go through those real quick before we get to our senior spotlight of the week. Uh, also, uh, you're listening to uh, Three and Out, Second and Goal. Three and Out is the name of our, of our company here. Second and Goal is the name of our episode here. And uh, you're listening to Second and Goal on Blog Talk Radio. And, again, our sponsor, Zeno's famous, world's famous Taffy Factory, located in South Daytona Beach, Florida, uh, 2400 South Ridgewood. At the, that is the actually the Taffy Factory. Have you been to the Taffy Factory, Doc? Have you seen this place yet? I, I have not, but I, but I heard it's the, uh, the flagship in the mall. It's the flagship store right in the middle of the mall, according to the owner of the Taffy Factory. Oh, yeah, this prime location uh, in the Sunshine Park Mall in South Daytona. It is, it is, it is amazing. It's uh, a little bit of a Willy Wonka, if you will. They give tours. You can watch them create taffy ice creams and every chocolate known to man. If you have diabetes, I suggest you stay away because just the sheer smell of the deliciousness might put you into a coma. Yeah, right you, now, can also get, you can also get your tires changed and the Firestone connected to it when you're done. Yeah, yeah. there's there's a lot happening on that Sunshine Park <laughs> Mall for sure. All right, Doc, let's go through these games for the week here before we get to our senior spotlight. And we'll start first with Syracuse at Florida State. Who you got and why? You know, this has got uh, – I mean, I would say it's an upset, but maybe it's not really an upset. I don't even know who's favored, but – um, you know Syracuse. I, I watched them watched them play last few games and been very impressed. I'm going Syracuse by a field goal. How about you? I like. I, I, I listen. I've been to Tallahassee and I, I was there two weeks ago when they lost to to uh, Louisville. Um, they should have won that game. They actually, well, that's kind of funny. They were losing by a lot. Came back and actually tied it. They should have gone on to win it. Um, I, I said that Syracuse, when they played Miami, they didn't have the talent and the and the athletes to compete. Boy, was I wrong. So I'm with you. I'm going to go with Syracuse in this one. Uh, and, again, I don't know if it's an upset or not because Syracuse actually has more wins than Florida State. So I'm just going to go with Syracuse uh, just to win the game. Uh, next, we got Florida at Missouri. Columbia, Missouri, back in my old stomping grounds there. Uh, you know, as I was in Missouri for almost eight years or in the Midwest there. Um, you know, it's, I, normally on when you see this game, you think Florida is going to run away with it. But I think Malik Zaire is getting the start at Florida this week is what I've been reading. So, again, not only did they lose their coach, they're changing quarterbacks, and they're going to Columbia, Missouri. I'm going to take Florida because I think they're going to be upset about all that's happening, and I think they're going to win this game on emotion. Yeah, you know what? I totally agree with that. If you look at the last couple of years that teams who have had interim head coaches, LSU with Ed Orgeron and uh, USC with Clay Helton, they, they've both turned their seasons around with the interim coaches, and actually those guys – kept the jobs because of how well the team's done. So I think there's something to these guys wanting to support the uh their their interim coaches. So I'm gonna go by I'm gonna go Florida uh probably by a touchdown. Who is the interim at Florida right now, Doc? So your your buddy Randy Shannon. You you told him we should go back to Miami. You know, that, that that went over like a turd in a punch bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
And again, it was it was said out of love, so let's not let's, let's not rehash those types of things. Uh, let's let's move on here. Virginia Tech, uh, a good Virginia Tech team. Uh, I believe they're at number thirteen, facing they're going to Miami to face the number ten Miami Hurricanes. We got a thirteen versus ten here. That that's going to be a really good game. That's probably the best game of the, of the day, um, in my opinion. Um, it seems like every year that Miami or Florida State are in the mix for the ACC, Virginia Tech is the team that, that gets in the way. So I'm going to say that's going to continue and, and give Virginia Tech the win by a field goal. Wow. Virginia Tech is actually favored in this game, believe it or not, and they're away from home. Wow. I I watched Miami play Toledo at home. Toledo was winning that game at halftime. Miami did come back to win, but Toledo did give them a scare. I, yeah. in the last few weeks, Miami has not played very well, and they're, they're getting by by the skin of their teeth. I think their luck runs out this week as well. I'm going to take Virginia Tech as well. Nice. Uh, US, what's that? So far, we're, uh, we're, we're very consistent here. We are. I got USF at UConn this week. The South Florida Bulls visiting UConn. The weather's going to be a little nippy up in the Northeast. Does, does this Florida Sunshine team, can they get through that mental challenge and win this game on the road? I like USF. They score a lot of points. Uh, I don't think that UConn has what it takes uh, to, to, to stick with them. I don't think they have the athletes to play with USF. USF is a 23-point favorite. Uh, I think that USF just going to walk away with this one. Yeah, and unless you switch gears on me and, and went to women's basketball, uh, UConn's got no chance here. Yeah, yeah. So again, we're we're, we're kind of we're on the same page here so far. So far, we've picked every game the same, but we'll, we'll, yeah. I'm going to try to change that up here in a minute. I promise you that. <laughs> All right. Uh, US, USF at SMU. Our, our beloved Scott Frost is going to Texas. I'm guessing that's where that is. That's in Dallas, Texas, if I'm not mistaken. Now, SMU is not a pushover. They're 6-2 and two on the year. Uh, they play teams pretty pretty tough. They have a 5-0 and o home record uh, this year. And USF, although they score 150,000 points a game, they're only a 14-point favorite on the road. I'm going to go ahead. with – go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I want to hear your pick. Uh-uh. I would say that if I was a betting guy, I would take SMU to cover this game, but I think US, UCF is going to get the win. I'm going to take UCF. You know, SMU is no is no pushover. You know, Chad Morris is their head coach. Uh, I believe he came from Clemson. Had a first couple of years he struggled, but really has them kind of clicking on all cylinders. But it, but it, but this is not the SMU of uh, Eric Dickerson and. Uh, you know, and uh, Craig, uh, what the heck's his name? The ESPN commentator. I can't remember his name. The old Pony Express. So right. they're, 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 they're not going to win. Um, UCF's going to win, but but I don't know what this You said the spread was 14? 14. Yeah, I would say I would take SMU with the points there, but UCF's going to win. There you go. That's a good, good, good. Right now we're, we're all good to go. The last one we're going to talk about tonight, Marshall at FAU. Uh, this is another conference game. It's actually one versus two in the in the Conference USA East. Florida Atlantic coached by 
by our, our own Lane Kiffin, Tennessee's own Lane Kiffin. Um, they're five and three on the year, facing a six and two Marshall team coming down to coming down to the Florida area to play in the sunshine and the heat. FAU is a seven point favorite in this game. Uh, I, I like Marshall actually in this game, believe it or not. They've been playing very well as of late. And uh, they've been they they, they won they lost their last game against FIU, uh, but they were on a four five five game win streak prior to that. I like Marshall. I like their quarterback. I think he's got what it takes, and I think Marshall actually it takes the upset in this one. Yeah, believe it or not, I actually believe with you. I believe I actually agree with you. Sorry, um, you know it's hard to it's hard to go against a coach by the name of Doc Holliday. Who's the head coach of uh, of Marshall? Right. You know, Mar- you know, they've had some good players come through Marshall. You know, Brian Lefwich. We had Randy Randy Moss. Um, you know, Lane Lane Kiffin's done a Chad Pennington. Very good. Yeah, Lane Kiffin's done a good job. But but I I think I'd go Marshall on this one as well. Well, there you have it. The Doc and Sammy G have agreed probably for the first time in all. <laughs> I don't know that that'll happen ever again. <laughs> and uh, that, that was something special. Once again, you're listening to Second and Goal on Blog Talk Radio, uh, your source for everything college football in the state of Florida. Uh, the rest of the games from the, from the state of Florida are uh, University of Texas, San Antonio at FIU, Morgan State at Bethune-Cookman, West Georgia at Florida Tech, Butler at the Stetson Hatters, Valparaiso at Jacksonville University, and Howard at FAMU. And last but not least, Doc, on our on our opening show here, we're going to spotlight a senior every year that we think's got an opportunity to play at the next level uh, from from one of the schools. And this year, this first week spotlight is going to be uh, a, a guy who I actually like, and, and that's Jordan Sherritt, uh, redshirt senior defensive end uh, from the University of Florida, six foot four, two hundred and fifty four pounds kid. Uh, I like I like Jordan Sherritt. I've liked him for a few years, and as you know, I've been. I've been pretty accurate picking picking horses at the University of Florida who who are, who are going to become something special. Uh, Jordan Sherrod, I believe, is no no different. Uh, he's got he's got a little bit of a history of injury. Um, I know he's injured again right now, uh, but I, I like the kid. He's long. He's active. He's got a pretty good motor. Uh, he can fight off the blocks. He can get his hands in the air. He's very disruptive on the pass rush. Uh, he might end up being an outside linebacker at the next level uh, because of his athleticism. Uh, but I definitely think he's a guy at the University of Florida and definitely was somebody that helped bolster that defensive line. Yeah, no, you, you, you've been very good with your, your picks on, on in assessing talent. Um, everybody that knows this guy speaks of how highly of a person he is. He's actually getting his master's right now in international business, is my understanding, and spent the summer in his uh, in Israel. Um, you know, for those of you who may not know, he's Jewish. I don't, I don't know how many Jewish defensive linemen we got running around, but uh, this this uh, kid, you know, he's kind of the Jewish Reggie White or something. I don't know, but he's uh, over there in Israel for the summer, and just really uh, is, is a good kid by all by all by all regards. Yeah, and talent-wise, I don't know that you have a better guy playing defensive line for you guys this year uh, prior to his injury. And uh, I got to say that for me, I think he's, I think he's going to be a late-round draft pick to a free agent pickup uh, for somebody. But I see him definitely getting there. Uh, I know he's just had some some surgery 
Uh, I don't know if he'll be ready or not or when he's going to be ready, uh, but I could definitely see him on an NFL roster kind of like uh, Alex Anzalone from last year, uh, another guy from Florida who has had a history of injury but somehow got drafted and was starting for the New Orleans Saints before he got injured again. So hopefully Jordan has a little bit different road. That's our definitely that's our spotlight, senior spotlight of the week uh, for the NFL this week. Just wanted to say thanks everybody. This is our first show. Uh, Doc, did you have a good did you have a good time? Yeah, no, that was fun. That, that that rolled along pretty well. I enjoyed it. And then most importantly, get some world famous Daytona Beach saltwater taffy. That's it. If, if we want to say thank you to our sponsor, Zeno's. Uh, world most famous taffy factory located at 2400 <laughs> South Ridgewood Avenue in the uh, Sunshine Park Mall in South Daytona Beach, Florida. Right in the mall. It's right in the mall itself. Yeah. If you, if you go to the Sunshine Park Mall, if you walk in the mall, just ask them for Zeno's factory. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened to you. Doc, why don't you kick us off with our with our fight song here? And I uh, just want to say thank you to all the listeners. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please come back and check us out. We're on once a week, usually on Thursday or Sundays. We'll uh, we'll update our our uh, Facebook page here and keep everybody abreast of when we're going to be uh, we're going to be rolling out the next episode. And we look forward to having more listeners and call in soon. Uh, Doc, you got any final words for us? No, man. Just everybody tell your friends to second and goal. It's, it's the place to be for the latest in uh, college football news in the state of Florida. You said it. All right, Victory Formation, that's our that's our sign out. <laughs> Go ahead, give it to Mr. Mess and let Mr. Mess take us out of here. We'll see you guys uh, next time. Yo, Sammy, hit it. I don't have it in front of me. I don't, I don't have the board. There you go. There you go. Hey. Is it real, son? Is it really real, son?